Welcome to the Life Given Podcast special Saturday edition, The Finish Line, where we get you ready for your Sabbath after a busy week. This is our longer show, and this is our second show in what is the beginning of our summer of taking back current events under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We have an action-packed show today, so I'm thank you for joining us, and we are going to get off to the races here in the first two segments we will be discussing and looking at what is the financial fallout of COVID-19, of the coronavirus. In the first segment, we'll talk about uh, what small businesses have to expect coming out of this uh, crazy time. And then we will look at uh, the more personal side of finances with Ezra Friedel, the, a, who is a, an up-and-coming financial coach. And he is actually, he and his business is the uh, Life Given Podcast May sponsored. So thank you and a shout out to them. Uh, and that will be featured in the second segment and is the, per, the majority of the show today. So if you're here for him, don't worry, you're going to get a lot of that interview. And in the final segment, we will discuss the importance of taking a stand as Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg is appointing a Supreme Court equivalent to Facebook. And we will talk about what that means. And you best believe that I am nervous. All of that and more on today's show. Welcome to the Life Given Podcast special Saturday edition, The Finish Line. So for our first segment today, I want to consider a study that came from the Moscow Pullman Daily News, or rather they reported on it, on uh, the Partnership for Economic Prosperity did this uh, survey of 42 businesses in Latah County, the majority of them being in Moscow. I believe 41 of them were. And they were just, uh, they asked these businesses a few different questions, and uh, some of these are some of the results. And uh, apparently, 65% of respondents voice concerns about a financial buffer to weather current and future economic downturns. 60% reported concerns about the lack of customers to their businesses, and 43% were concerned about the inability to maintain safe social distancing. Now, there I think you can draw a number of conclusions from this, but I think that the big conclusion and something that we, that a lot of people seem to be missing in today's political landscape right now in how everything has fallen is just uh, the, not just the economic impact, but uh, the uh, impact down the road for these small businesses that really rely on customers being able to come in and having a full house. You know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't do a small business any good if only five people come into their building in a given day. They really rely on being able to provide a lot of seating spaces and a lot of area for these people and these customers to interact. And, you know, say like a coffee shop really relies on having study spaces, especially in a college town. So I think the thing that I take from the survey, uh, aside from the fact that they're, uh, I think we're getting more and more data out there that's saying that this is going to be much more detrimental to uh, the small businesses than maybe if we had kept these lockdowns for just a few weeks, uh, is just the fact that these businesses are going to suffer uh, months from now. You know, I think that they will, uh, you know, I think that was 65% of respondents said that they had worries about future economic downturns, not just about 
current ones. So it's current and future. And this is kind of going back to my interview with Nate Wolf on the show uh, a month or so ago is just what is the uh, small businesses are having question marks about their futures uh, 10, 12 months from now. They may be fine right now. Their bank accounts may be fine right now, but what's it going to look like in the slower parts of the year, you know, in the middle of October and November or in the middle of the summer, just a few months down the road. And I think that more of us need to be considering that um, and uh, our government officials should be considering that. In fact, uh, kind of uh, throwing it back to the midweek sprint when we discussed the Kendrick Brewery opening up, I think more businesses are going to need to open up much faster than what Governor Brad Little's plan or even President Trump's plan is to get everything back to running as normal. So actually, on the more personal side, as we move into the second segment with this interview from Ezra Friedel, this is one of the things that uh, I am not as comfortable uh, talking about economics, not really in my comfort zone to talk about it. Uh, and so that's why I brought on someone like Ezra Friedel, who this is what he specializes in. And I think he'll be able to offer some more insight what, it, what um, individual can do during this time and why it's important to have a handle on your uh, finances and on your budget. So um, here's the interview with Ezra Friedel. And once again, it was such a pleasure to have him on the show. And hopefully we can get him on again at a later date. Here you go. Well, once again, thanks for joining the podcast. And to kick it off uh, on just before we really get into the meat of the interview, you should uh, can you tell uh, the listeners and refresh me on uh, some of your background, where you grew up, uh, what what your uh, education and training was, and what brought you to the field of financial coaching? Yeah, certainly. Um, so I grew up in uh, southeast Idaho in a, a little rural farming community there. Um, I was actually born in Oregon, but we moved there when I was three. Um, so that's, you know, all of my memories are, are from there uh, growing up. I uh, was homeschooled, uh, which I really appreciated getting to to have that education and not uh, not have to be educated in the uh, Mormon schools there because that community is is completely Mormon. Um, right. Where it's like ninety five to ninety seven percent, if I remember correctly. Wow. Um, so I definitely appreciated that that my my parents put in that effort. Um, I worked uh, construction through through high school and and afterwards um right after after high school i actually took a one-year uh work internship in commercial cabinetry uh that was in arizona um before i i did move back and decided to look at some higher education i decided to take a, an associate's degree with a lumerit education um their their focus being getting college students through college debt-free and that was something that I was was really uh, interested in is, is not having any debt from college. Um, I've always been very averse to to having any debt. Um, yeah, and, and so that's that's been been really good for me. Um, yeah, from from my inspiration, it's it comes down to that you know I have dreams for my future and what I want to be able to do, uh, and I know other people do too. But oftentimes, uh, debt and or bad money management gets in the way of that it prevents people from pursuing their dreams mm -hmm. um so so that was the inspiration for me to start looking at it um yeah 
for education wise on it, I, I went and took um, Dave Ramsey's financial coach master training program okay. uh, and started the business from there. Um, yeah, we didn't buy out anybody other anybody else's business, just been growing it organically, you know, one day at a time, one yeah. conversation at a time. Yeah, um, yeah, I understand. So it, it, it takes time, but it's, it's mm -hmm. good. Fantastic. Uh, that, that's, that's great. And kind of to just see the, what got you into what you're doing now is awesome. I think provides the listeners with more context of who you are. So more on um, just what is a financial coach and what do, what do they do? What's their goal? Yeah. Um, so kind of a, a working definition of a financial coach is somebody who helps people, uh, you know, trains people to manage their finances. Okay. Um, we, we are not a financial advisor. Financial advisors mm -hmm. tell your money what to do. Okay. You know, we teach people how to manage their money. Okay. Um, gotcha. And, and so, you know, the practical application is that I don't actually do anything with anybody else's money. Okay. Um, I simply educate them on how to, um, how to walk through a, a pretty simple seven step process. Now, when you say seven step, it sounds like it's complex. They're, they're really actually simple steps. Right. Um, and so that's, yeah, the, the working definition of a financial coach and, and what I do is that I get to help people, uh, win with money so that they can pursue their dreams. Right. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, that, that sounds, that sounds really great. Uh, and so what, what did you, or how did you come to start, uh, Friedel financial coaching? Uh, you know, you kind of got into why you started, but yeah. what, what's some of the, uh, technicalities behind starting your own coaching? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's really still, uh, in the, in the growing stage. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the growing a business that is, because of the way I'm choosing to do it, which I think is the better route to go. Um, you know, not taking out any loans, not right. immediately going and hiring any, you know, marketing uh, people, not hiring anybody to do, you know, office work um, right. for me. I'm, I'm doing everything. Mm -hmm. um, so, so from that side, yeah, we're just, we're getting started. It takes, you know, it really takes a heart of, of wanting to teach people, mm. uh, wanting to help educate people. Yeah. Um, and, and then, yeah, I went with, um, Dave Ramsey's training program uh, because it's what I have seen you know work uh, in my own life. I've I've been able to to walk through some of those steps. I'm still in the the middle of that process, mm -hmm. um, kind of the seven step process. Um, but I'm I'm walking the the plan as well. Um, yeah, I I have seen people who who struggle with finances and and are unable to pursue those dreams. And like mm -hmm. I said, that's the that's the big big why for it you know for me personally some of those dreams are that i want to be able to to give generously yeah um i want to want to be able to um you know pay bills for people or, or just be uh you know i know the kind of the myths around um you know saint nicholas uh where we get the concept of of uh santa claus um right. and some of that concept is being a, a somebody who can be in the background um, it doesn't require uh, any, you know, notice for, for what he does, but is able to, to bless people. Um, okay. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like along with you talk about coaching and I, I can connect with you on that because I've coached yep. a few uh, basketball yep. teams at the junior high level. And that's, that's been a blast, but there's a lot of, um, as a coach, you need to have a belief system or kind of mm-hmm. like a worldview. And it seems very integrated with your job. And it's not just right. something that you just go uh, and punch a time card and punch out at the end of the day. Uh, it seems like rather your worldview is what drives your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll kind of get to that at the end of the interview, but I, I just thought that was very, uh, very interesting. Uh, so when, when you're starting out with a client, where do you start with them? Like wh- what's the first thing uh, that, that you try to help them through uh, and, or is it a case by case? Yeah. So I always start with doing a, a 15 minute to 20 minute free consultation. Uh, okay. And that's just to figure out where they're at. Uh, you know, what their goals are mm-hmm. and see how coaching would benefit them or if they're the right client, right? Not everybody's the right person for me. Right. Um, you know, not, not uh, everybody has, would be a good fit to have me as their coach, right? Some people need right. a different coach. Some people, you know, aren't, aren't yet open to actually applying what we teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so while sure, I might, I might do some coaching with them still, at a certain point, I actually have to let a client go and tell them, you know, I can't help you because you won't let me. Okay. Um, and, and so you really, you want to be working with people who actually want your help. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise you're just sure you're getting paid, but it, it, you know, it takes the, um, the mission out of it. It takes that you, you where you actually get to see people improve. Uh, and so that's, that's one step that, that okay. helps with that is that first yeah. consultation. Um, as far as the application, you know, most people, we, we start with, you know, get you on a budget, um, you know, help people walk through what that process looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's basically the starting point, even okay. when, when we have people uh, that are at different levels, right? We all have people who, who aren't in debt and they're trying to figure something else out. Right. Uh, with their finances, trying to figure out what investments to do. And, and so I connect them with uh, investment professionals or uh, things like that. Um, but we still almost always will, will look at the budget yeah. um, to, to help them get on top of that. Okay, fantastic. Um, uh, so with actually, I think that's a great place to jump into the next question because it just with the coronavirus, it has laid off a lot of people from work. Um, and there's a lot of people are filing for unemployment or for help from the government. Uh, so what can, what would be like a big takeaway uh, for someone who's trying to get their finances under, under control as an, like, how can you make COVID-19 an example for your clients? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it shows the, you know, COVID-19 shows the necessary, why this is necessary right mm-hmm. um it, it you know zooms in and, and shows you you know why why i i walk the process with them that i do where right. where the first step we do is is have them build up a small emergency fund mm-hmm. uh, and that's just because life happens um, yeah. you know whether it's the car breakdown whether it's you know you have a, a cut in hours um whether it's you you lose a job you're not immediately in trouble yeah. um now that that emergency fund we start with isn't big. It's typically about one thousand um, up to fifteen hundred to two thousand in a family uh, okay. if they have you know kids because yeah. just it, it needs to cover 
some real basics. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then we start on, on cutting out all of the, the debt and extra payments, extra bills. And that's where <clears throat> getting on a budget lets you see, you know, a lot of times we'll find multiple hundreds of dollars a month that are going into things that are just unnecessary. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've had, uh, not one of my clients, but a, a fellow coach's client who, you know, they were in LA and they were spending 3,600 a month eating out. Wow. Um, you know, you can, you can hire an in-home uh, chef for mm -hmm. less than that. Wow. Okay. It actually comes in and like comes in and cooks the meals. Yeah. And, um, and so that's one of those that like, hmm we often find things in the budget where we go, okay, this is, is what you're looking for. So co I think COVID-19 just amplifies, right. Yeah. The, the problems, um, you know, if you're already in a situation where you, where, you know, 78% of Americans are where they live paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. um, you can't miss a paycheck, right. right. That's what that right. means. Right. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as you do, you're in trouble. Um, that is, is kind of the biggest thing that we see the biggest statistic that, that I think is a, a big problem for, for people mm. right now yeah. Uh, where, yeah, if you, if you lost a job or even if you're just on furlough, right, you're, you're right, not, right. you know, you're not truly fired, but you don't have a, well, you're going to come back to the, at this date or, um, and so that's where I see this being uh, the biggest thing for individuals. Uh, yeah. so the biggest takeaway I would want people to have it is start lowering your expenses in, in okay. areas that you can, right. Cut yeah. out yeah. everything that's unessential and mm. save up some money. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a protection thing. You know, you, when you have, you know, one, 2000 in the bank, um, you're more stable. Yes. Um, yeah. Right. And it gives you the, the freedom to, to take a breath and cover some of those things. Mm. Um, and ideally, yeah, you want to be all the way out of debt. Um, right. And, and then build up a, about mm. a six month worth of expenses in an emergency fund. Okay. Um, and then, and then job loss at, at a six month emergency savings, mm -hmm. job loss is an inconvenience. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's not a crisis anymore. Right. That's a, oh, that stinks. Go find mm -hmm. another job. It can yeah. even be a yeah. time when you go, oh man, I didn't even really like, if I stop and think about it, I didn't really even like that job. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go find something that we love doing. Yeah. It could um, be a blessing in disguise. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. We've seen that happen. Um, you yeah, know, that, I don't think that's the scenario for most people right now with, with the COVID-19, uh, mm -hmm. job loss, but. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think actually this wasn't on the, um, questions I sent you, uh, but there, a lot of people have encouraged the people, you know, the actual people that have lost their jobs to go out and support the businesses that are still trying to run, even though like maybe it's only 50%, but to go out and support your local businesses, keep, you know, like the mom and pop sh shop down the street. Uh, so how, how does someone uh, balance the, uh, 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 the ideal of generosity, uh, the the Christian ideal of being generous with your money, and yet still trying to, if they're out of a job, uh, trying to right. get their finances under control. How how do they balance that in a time like this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so we'll we'll take a run at that too. Um, I think a a big portion of it is the, the same concept that they use in a, you know on the airplanes when they're telling mm -hmm. you you. Know, put on your own mask first. Right? right. Right. Because if you, if you, um, if you pass out right in that scenario, mm -hmm. you can't help anybody else. Yeah. Um, so it's the same 
principle that applies in your personal okay. finances. Interesting. If you're not covered, mm -hmm. right? If you if you can't put food on your own table, you can't put food on anybody else's table. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Um with that said, yes, there's definitely room if you if you have money. I, I am all for people right now. Um more than ever, yeah, being being generous, being able to help people. And that doesn't always look like money. Right. Uh right. Yeah. Right yeah. now one yeah. of the one of the big things is is you can find ways to um be generous with your time. Um it, it's difficult because you you also need to follow um you know to the best of your conscience the the guidelines. Right. Um and and so that's one of those that uh yeah, I don't want to tell people, oh, you should you should ignore the the guidelines. I, I'm I'm not also going to say, oh, you have to follow 100% of them if they are, you know, wrong. Um, right. You know, there right. there there are places where you still go help the the elderly neighbor down the road because they need help, um, even if okay, you technically breached the six foot. You know, mm -hmm. be be aware. You know, wash your hands if you can. Wear gloves. You know, wear your mask. Whatever. Like, right. like follow the guidelines, but there are, there's times when generosity um, and, and caring for other humans uh, goes beyond just, uh, just following the, the current mm -hmm. guideline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's a great answer. I love that analogy. I think that definitely so, captures it um, because it does kind of feel like we're on a sinking ship, at least with the economy, if we don't write, write the ship now. Right. Um, so I, I, I really like that. Um, and uh, we're actually doing pretty good on time. So I'm going to go off course a little bit here with this question. Uh, so with, um, you mentioned at the very beginning of the interview, how uh, you took a certain track so that you would not be involved in student debt. And I mean, that's mm -hmm. just almost part of today's society. It's almost like the societal expectation that you do go to college and you mm -hmm. come out with, you know, at least a minimum of 60 grand in debt to yep. the government or to whatever uh, fund that you're pulling that from. So um, what, uh, have you worked with a number of students? Because I know, uh, like probably 50% of the listeners to this podcast are students in college. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say to them, um, if they're going through college, and uh, they're trying to, they, they see this as a way to get to their job how do they uh, lessen the debt that they will have coming out of school yeah um the number one big one is to whenever possible if it applies and i know for for those of you at, at new st andrew it, it's not mm -hmm. at the same um but go to go to public school mm -hmm. and in state um you know, the, okay. the biggest things we see is, is, is go to the, the big names. You know, when people go to the big name school and it's out of state, it, it costs way more. Mm. Um, you know, for, for Idaho State University in state, it's like 7,000 a year. Wow. Okay. Uh, which is, which is rock bottom low. Yeah. Um, yeah. And very for doable. college anymore. And very mm. doable. Um, you know, I, I was talking to a person uh, a couple months ago, they were looking at college for their kids and, and uh, you know, they were looking at in-state was a hundred and some thousand. So wow. even sometimes, sometimes it's still worth looking, looking at out of state at a different right. college that's, yeah. that's a no name because it's so much cheaper. Yeah, okay. out of state, you know, Idaho State University uh, is, is way under that. I don't mm -hmm. know what it actually is. Uh, I haven't looked that up recently. Um, um, 
but it's it's cheaper. So shop around, like with most okay. things, shop for some deals. Right. Um, second is is put in the legwork on um, grants and scholarships. Okay. They 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 are actually essentially free money. Uh, it's okay. one of the one of the few times that that is true. Right. Yeah. It's not yeah. a loan. It's not repayable with the the grants and scholarships. Okay. Um, in 2017, it was a little over um, two billion in scholarships that wasn't wow. claimed. Okay, man. Um, just because they, I mean, part of it is it it can be difficult to get those scholarships. Right. Right. Um, it, it does take effort. It's not like it's oh you just applied. Mm -hmm. Um, you actually have to put in the effort to get them. Um, right. but if you start doing that, um. It's honestly some of the best money you'll ever make. Yeah. If you yeah. look at it, right? And you go, okay, that took me five hours to get that scholarship, and that was a thousand dollar scholarship. Hmm. Right. Like, yeah. You're not gonna make better money than that anyway. <laughs> no, you, no, um, you're not. As, yeah. a, as a high school, college, you know, student. Right. Um, and so that's that's an area that we really, really do encourage people to do. Um, and I have a um a link to a website that kind of helps with finding some of those. Okay. Um, so that'll be, that's something that I, I share with people when they're, when they're looking at that route. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, you can apply for scholarships up to, I think it's two years ahead of college and okay. all the time while you're in. Wow. Um, for some scholarships, you know, right. some scholarships, you know, are, are different than that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's something to, to really look at. Yeah. Okay. Well, fantastic. Yeah, that that's definitely, uh, I think uh, there should be more outside the box thinking, at least that's what I've come to uh, know and firmly believe that the, yeah. uh, going to New Sanders was a choice for me because that's yeah. an area of field that I want to be in. So it's worth the expense. Right. Uh, but sometimes people go to college just to go to college until they figure out what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't feel like taking a four year detour that costs $140,000. Exactly. That is not a very good route. Um, mm -hmm. College is a really expensive way to figure out what you want to do. Yeah. yeah. If you do it wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it can be a good way to figure out things that you, you want to do. Right. Now, even that I tend to, I tend to subscribe to a, an idea that you figure out what you don't want to do mm -hmm. uh, is actually how you figure out what you want to do. You know, right. go try some things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, at a, at a high school, I didn't immediately go to college. I went and worked uh, for a year um, yeah. to figure out some of the things that I, I did and didn't want to do. Um, and I think while that's not for everybody, that's a not a, a not bad option. Right. Right. Is, is yeah. to try that, um, you know, within when you're in college, if you can can find ways to you know work part time, too. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's another great option. I know depending yeah. on the school, the, the school, you know, requirements are re really high uh there at new st andrews but yeah. um you know there, there's definitely room for uh for that yeah um yeah and also um schools sometimes can be pretty flexible working with the student especially the smaller yeah. school uh, yeah. i think the more personal uh the mm -hmm. relationship you can have with like the staff or the uh faculty yeah. that will help you work through some of those stuff um, yeah. And that's why I really appreciate about NSA is the size, right? So you can have, right. um, anyway, this is turning to a plug for them. This should be a plug for uh, you. <laughs> so let's get it back. <laughs> yeah. um, so to kind of close it out here, um, these last two questions go hand in hand, but uh, feel free to answer them as one. But I'd like to just kick it off with how should Christ be evident in economics uh, or in financial coaching? 
Yeah. Um, so I think Christ is evident. Uh, you know, I'm going to rephrase it there. Um, right. I think he is. Uh, okay. in, in that when we look at these principles that I, I help walk people through, mm-hmm. um, they're built around biblical principles. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, so I don't think that you actually can separate the two, um, if, if done rightly, uh, you know, you've got lots of different Bible verses here. Uh, you know, Proverbs uh, 22 says that the, the borrower is slave to the lender. Right. Yeah. And that's why we work. you know, I work so hard with individuals to get out of debt, um, right. because it, it steals your, your income you hmm. no longer can do with your income what you want to do right you have to do what you have to do with it right you have right. to pay those bills um you know proverbs 6 about the first half of the the chapter hmm. is is talking about finance really yeah. i mean if you if you look at it it's talking about being you know being wise with your money um and and being prepared right it talk, talks yeah. about you know you know go to the ant um and 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 be wise you know they don't have a, a slave driver driving them Amen. uh but but they're um but they prepare right they, right. they walk the principles that that yeah. i'm teaching of you need to have some emergency savings in place right people mm-hmm. will try and try and use uh bible verses that say you know that that honestly do say you know christ knows and and will provide to right. say we don't need to prepare yeah um right and i, I don't see that being the case i do believe yes you know you know, the Bible is very clear. Uh, you know, Philippians four is, is one that, yeah. you know, God will supply every need of yours according to his right, riches in right. Christ Jesus. Um, and that is true. Yeah. I don't think it means, Oh, you don't need to, to be prepared at all. Um, hmm. and so, you know, that, that's one of those that, that I think if done rightly finances is complete, um, only when, when Christ is evident throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to, um, being generous with your money. Yeah. Right. The, the end goal, uh, for everybody that I coach is to get them to a point where they are able to do with their money, what they want, want to do with it. Right. Um, and, and the, the final step in our, in the seven step process is actually to, to give generously, Hmm. right. To, to live and give generously. Um, and that is, is a big portion of, I think, how Christ is shown uh, in the Christian life Yeah, is yeah. how we love others. Um, so in finances, part of that is being able to express that love by giving. Uh, you know, Matthew 5, 42, uh, give to the one who begs, um, do not refuse the one who would borrow. Um, yeah. It is used also, that, that term borrow, uh, often people misunderstand. Uh, if you read the, the context of it and the understand the or look up the the greek um that's borrow in the sense of like we use you know can i borrow a cup of sugar right right mm-hmm. you don't expect it back right right um Interesting. That, okay. that's that's gotcha. give um yeah. if you if you take it in context and and also uh you know i i can't read greek i know they they do yeah. some there at uh at new st andrews but um if you just look up online like under mm-hmm. that's pretty clearly documented that that doesn't actually mean borrow in the sense of give a loan right right okay gotcha um, so yeah I, I think personally i i definitely have the of, am of the opinion that it you know personal finance done right mm-hmm. is is completely based on on christian principles you know through right. the bible and that christ is shown you know through the way we manage what he is given 
um, including how we give back. Right, right. Man, good stuff, Ezra. Well, that this has been a blast of an interview. And uh, honestly, I think that took care, took care of the last two questions. And yeah. I'm not even going to ask the last one. But my uh, this next, the last question that I would like to ask you is where can people find you? How can people get in touch if they need help with their finances or just their outlook on finances? Yeah. Yeah. You can do that in kind of three ways right now. Uh, you can call me. Uh, my business number is 208-252-2301. Um, my call hours right now are 10 to 4, okay. um, Monday through Friday. Um, and then, and if I don't get back to you, that's you know, immediately, you know, don't answer. It's because I'm, I'm on a call with somebody else mm. or, or busy. Uh, right. Leave me a message and I will get back. Uh, okay. they, can, they can email me uh, at ejfriedel at gmail.com. Um, and they can also follow me on Facebook, uh, at Friedel financial coaching.com. Okay. Or, com. I don't know if it's dot com. It's on Facebook. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's so com, but <laughs> maybe Friedel not financial com, but... coaching at, okay. at, on Facebook. Um, yeah. So those are the three primary ways right now. Um, okay. yeah, if they reach out, I will, I will, uh, get back to them. Uh, that's kind of how it works right now is, is, um, yeah, reach out and then I will make sure I, I get back to people as I, keep working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, fantastic. I'll link to all that stuff in the description below, awesome. but, uh, thank you once again for being on the show and yeah, look forward to, uh, hearing more about, uh, what you've got to say in the future. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So thank you very yeah. much. I've been yeah. enjoying the, the podcast myself. So. Good. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Once again, thank you so much, Ezra Friedel, for being on the show. Uh, and I hope that you took as much from that as I did. Um, and I think it's very useful, especially in these corona times, as uh, there's just so much uncertainty, especially in the financial world, with I think now uh, 33 million people f filing for unemployment. Um, and uh, there's, there's just so many question marks about people's futures financially that this really, I think, is a good lesson to be learned moving forward. Um, all that being said, I think that there is something to um, remembering that this, we're kind of, it feels like we're in the middle of a war right now. Like the, the only thing that news and the media is talking about right now is the coronavirus and the fallout and the effects of it. And honestly, that's something that the Life Given News has been reporting on predominantly. But there are uh, battles that are still continuing to happen in this war that are part of much larger wars outside of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And I think it's really easy to lose sight of those. And so um, in this summer of taking back current events and taking responsibilities for that, for that, um, I, I want to not forget those battles that are still being fought during the pandemic. Life is still going on. And so that's why I wanted to bring up uh, what Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook is doing to um, protect I, I'm hesitant to say that this really is a protection. Um, this is just more rules and regulation, but to protect freedom of speech. And uh, this this is from an article, of, I think it was posted on Wednesday, uh, same with the Moscow Pullman Daily News article, both were from Wednesday. Um, this coming from NBC News uh, has me running scared. And I wanna know what you guys, what your thoughts on are on it and um, what's your take on it. Um, because uh, the uh, Facebook 
has struggled as we've all seen with trying to control what is being posted on it. Um, and you know, I, I think just right off the bat, Facebook can do it once. Okay. They're their own company. If they want to have a Supreme court of some kind, and we'll get into what that looks like in a second. Um, that's, that's of their own volition. Feel free to do that. Uh, that that's honestly why once um, I, I use uh, Facebook as a platform to push my podcast and advertise for it, but it's only a tool right now. And I, my long-term goal is to have everything located on uh, the life given news website. Uh, and that that's what I really like to do. Um, and this kind of is uh, one of the reasons why I want to do it because of what they are potentially aiming at. Um, so the list of 20 people on the Supreme Court, because that's what it consists of right now, includes nine law professors, a Nobel Peace Prize laureate, uh, journalists, free speech advocates, and a writer from the Libertarian Cato Institutes. Okay, so these, like I, I scanned through the the amount of the, the different uh, bios of um, of the people who are on this Supreme Court or this board rather, uh, and um, they all seem very uh, proficient at whatever they're doing. You know, they all seem, whether they're advocates, even if I don't agree for what they're advocating for, they're exceptionally good at it. So they're very talented people on this board. The goal for this is to hopefully have, make Facebook nonpartisan. So to make it less, I think Mitch McConnell, who is actually on the board and is a former judge, uh, said that uh, to not consider themselves as internet police, um, don't think of us as a sort of fast action group that's going to swoop in and deal with rapidly moving problems. That's not our job. The job he had was to hear appeals of decisions that Facebook has already made. Um, and uh, the, you know, they're going to be enforcing Facebook's community standards, which have evolved to prohibit not only illegal images such as child pornography, but also hate speech, harassment, and most recently, false information about the coronavirus pandemic. And this is what makes me nervous. Obviously, I think that this, there is a fine line to draw here, a very bold line, that obviously pornography should be illegal and it should be kept off Facebook. More kudos to you, more power to you. We should definitely have that rid of. But the gray area is where the hate speech and the false information about the coronavirus pandemic. I've seen a number of things that are actual fact taken off of Facebook because they contained false information. And that's, this is where uh, I, I'm running scared a little bit. Um, the, they're not necessarily there to, uh, you know, they, they want their members to have free expression, Facebook said in a statement, and reflect uh, a wide range of perspectives on how to understand the principle and its limits. Some have expressed concerns with the dangers of imposing restrictions on speech. That's me. I'm jumping up and down and allow for only very narrow exceptions. Others make comparatively greater accommodation to a range of competing values, including safety and privacy. So um, the, I, I think that elucidates both positions fairly, fairly clearly. Uh, I think that if my, my question my questions are from this uh, is that when you place more laws on the freedom of speech, on the freedom of speech, how free is it really? Uh, and honestly, the more and more I think about this, the less and less I like about 
what it has the potential of doing. Uh, because Facebook has shown, and I think it's really important to judge something like this uh, and compare it to what the company or the individual has done in the past. You know, just like voting for a politician, you want to look at what their past policies are because they don't just change overnight most of the time, right? Maybe there is the exception to the rule. But Facebook has shown that they have continually sought to restrict the uh, freedom of speech and especially a very uh, conservative thought and conservative values uh, that has that particular bent to freedom of speech. So when they come up with something like this, even though there may be some conservatives on the board, that doesn't necessarily make me feel more at ease uh, the conservatives that we have seen in today's political arena seem to uh, wilt under the pressure of the left or of the liberal left, if you will. So uh, judging by Facebook's past actions and what they're doing with this now, um, I do have a little bit of distrust for this kind of move. But let me know what you think. I think that this is really important because, uh, you know, millions of people use Facebook across the country um, and, and around the world. So I think that something like this could have a huge impact. And it's really important that we find sites and ways of communicating that aren't just um, uh, centralized on Facebook. And I think we may see uh, more, more and more entrepreneurial spirit coming out of something like this as we look to create our own websites. So in conclusion, a lot to chew on and mull over in this uh, special edition of the Life Given Podcast. And I hope that it's given you more to think about going forward. But um, if anything, that I, I hope that you take a lot from what Ezra Friedel had to say. And if you're uh, interested in trying to get control of your finances, uh, go ahead and give him a call or uh, go to his website or his Facebook page. And thank you once again, Ezra, for sponsoring the show and Friedel Financial Coaching. Uh, so in conclusion, remember the life that you have been given and the life that you have received includes every area of life. Why should current events be the ex exception? God bless and have a wonderful Sabbath. <laughs>